About what? Exactly. It's another episode of About What. I we're still about what on our We are. Okay. But you're about too far away from your microphone. You're right. My microphone's like across the room. And if I pull it up a little bit closer. Got like I can hear you yeah, now. There we go. That's that that's the smooth yeah. brown sugar of my voice. You know you were supposed to speak into these, not yeah. at them from across the room. I've, I I voted for Donald Trump. Actually, I know you didn't. Yeah, I know. You, yeah, I didn't. But um, anyway, my name's Ty. If uh, this is your first time listening to about what, we welcome you. We're glad to have you. Um, I I can't speak for my co-host Justin, but I'm glad he's here, and I'm glad you're here. Well, I'm glad to be here, and I'm. I guess it's more my option to say that I'm mm-hmm. glad you're here because you're here in my basement. Yeah, thank you very much for allowing me into your house yet again. Not a problem. I mean, your welcome is wearing thinner than it used to be, but it, it's a privilege that can be revoked. I understand. Yeah, but it is winter time, and there's not much else going on. So yeah, and unlike the uh, the great state of Utah, um, you will you will actually take in people who are cold in the winter. Untrue. I'll take you in. Okay, thank you. That's about as far as I go. Yeah, the great state of Utah wouldn't take me in anyway. No, not without you paying your 10%. Got that right. Yep. Okay. Um, We are... <laughs> we're, we're dealing with some crossed wires this week because um, the topic that we are going to talk about, um, we discussed it, what, through text, I think it was, that we decide what to do yeah we we wanted to discuss the first heart transplant and more in particular the first artificial heart transplant which you know happened in the 1960s which many of our Mm -hmm. topics are based on yeah um so each of us is pretty well read up on one of them because justin was under the impression we were doing the first heart transplant and i was under the impression we were doing the first artificial heart transplant yeah and the the good thing about these is they are very close together they're Mm -hmm. very similar so yeah we're gonna try and cover both yeah i mean for them being time-wise really close together geographically they're they're across the world from each other yeah so i mean getting into it the portion I really looked yeah. into was the first heart transplant, human mm-hmm. to human heart transplant. Yeah. And this was done by a Dr. Christian or known as Chris Barnard mm-hmm. in uh, night was, I think December 3rd of 1967 okay. in the Groot Shore hospital in the university of Cape town, South America. Wow. So that was, this was right at the end of 1967. Yeah, right, right at the end of 1967. So we're little, and when did the first 
so, artificial heart transplant happened. So the first artificial heart transplant in uh, happened in Texas in April of 1969. So I mean, at the end of 67 so, to the kind of the first quarter of so 69, we're about 17 months apart. Yeah, this yeah. happened pretty quick. Now, when we go to the first human-to-human heart mm-hmm. transplant that happened in Cape Town, South Africa, yeah. um, funny enough, the patient only lasted 18 days. Yeah. Um, his first 10, he had quite mm-hmm. a few successful ones. Yeah. And out of his first 10, um, he had a couple living 13 and 23 years. So, I mean, it was a progressive effort mm-hmm. as it went along, but it was yeah. brand new. In fact, when mm-hmm. this happened, it hit every medical journal in the world, yeah. Time, Newsweek, all those places covered mm-hmm. it because, I mean, it's just something that hadn't been done. Yeah, for real. They had, I believe they had transplanted pig hearts mm-hmm. um, with not much success, funny enough, Yeah, and, and dog hearts yeah, with not much success either, but... Mm-hmm. Um, it seemed like when they were doing, uh, heart transplants, especially in the early years of it and the, or the early days of it, they were getting hours, um, of yeah. extended whatever. Well, now it's a commonplace thing, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, heart to heart transplants, mm-hmm. artificial heart transplants. Yeah. They're, they're all pretty common and your life expectancy is mm-hmm. pretty good as long as they don't leave a pair of scissors or something inside of you which has happened before. it has happened yeah. mm-hmm. in fact there's many a shows out there about mm-hmm. what surgery's gone wrong and yeah and I stuff that's my, been left inside yeah right? i live my <laughs> life with a scapula in my knee you mm-hmm. know or something yeah. like that so mm-hmm. but yeah it was really interesting because being the first human to human heart transplant and happening uh you know, Chris Bernard, he had studied Mm -hmm. in Africa, South Africa, and also in United States quite a bit. But, um, the reason what had happened is a girl had died in a car wreck, younger girl, and they transplanted to an older man that had cardiac edema. He had problems, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And really when it comes down to it, the heart took very well. They kept him in the hospital Mm -hmm. the whole time, but he, he, he was so far gone oh. with the plaque in his mm-hmm. arteries and things like that, that it really, he died 18 days later. It just, yeah. it just work, bought him you know? a little bit more time. Yeah. yeah. But I think what, what was kind of interesting when I read about Chris Bernard or Barnard, I don't know exactly how it's pronounced, mm-hmm. but Barnard. Yeah. Something like that. Well, South Africa. I'm assuming it's Barnyard. Well, you know, the funny thing is when you think Africa, you mm-hmm. think, mighty jungles and all these tribes and things like that. The South Africa is not like that. No, this South Africa is Elon Musk people. Yeah. Yeah, Charlize Theron Mm -hmm. is from there. I mean, Oh, I I much prefer Charlize Theron over uh, Elon Musk. Musk. Me too. She's much better, much easier on the eyes. But you know, the funny thing about it is, you know, the population of South Africa is predominantly white. Uh, mm-hmm. They speak English uh, yeah. most with the slight British accent because it was it was co- a colony. Yeah, yeah, it was a colony, mm-hmm. um, but it's a beautiful place if you see it. But it's kind of an interesting place down in Cape Town, especially mm-hmm. being their largest city. It's it's a big city. It has its issues or whatever, but you get outside of the city and it's quite a dangerous place to live in, from what I understand. That's what I've heard. Never been there myself. Yeah, so. But anyways, when they did this uh, transplant, it was to a 53-year-old man. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, in retrospect, it wasn't the best recipient, but may, maybe again, then it was just simply because his life expectancy wasn't great anyways, mm-hmm. being the shape he was in. Right. Yeah. I guess what, what, what I'm curious about is how much in, in this first uh, transplant, how much did they know about things like, uh, you know, blood type, um, what do they call that congruency? Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I had read a little bit about that. Um, they did have to get the perfect match as Mm -hmm. far as blood type and, and it does mention the congruency. Um, and I don't know how all that works and Mm -hmm. that's probably why I'm not a, I'm impressed that they did. Yeah. Yeah. I think we, we look at sixties, the Mm sixties, this is being, you know, late 1967 as being forever ago. Yeah. But, you know, in some ways, a lot of those things had to be known better then than they are now, just simply because mm-hmm. we didn't have computers and things to tell us these kind of things, you know? True. And so when they had the perfect, you know, candidate come in that matched and everything, a young woman that ba- basically she didn't die in the car crash, but she suffered so severe of head trauma that they, that they put her down. They unplugged her basically, oh. you know, because she was going to be a vegetable. Yeah for the rest of her life Mm -hmm. and vegetables do not grow in South Africa. No, uh, not very well. Your occasional gava root. Is that even (laughs) a thing? Should be. Well, it should be, but yeah. Anyways, I mean, it was pretty, you know, he, uh, Barnard led the team that did this. It was very successful. Mm -hmm. It took, they, they monitored him for 18 days. He finally died, you know, but they did consider it a win. Because the guy that was waiting for the heart transplant um, essentially was on death's bed to begin with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so that's interesting. Um, you know, what's fascinating to me about this whole time period is that uh, even today, the way that uh, doctors practice a lot of things is with like, uh, they'll take chicken breasts or, you know, uh, it seems like chickens is... Uh, the the way that they practices yeah like you know learning how to suture or how to connect tissue mm-hmm. yeah they'll like sew it to to dead meat but, and then when they're done they send those off to Chick Fil A yeah mm-hmm. yeah after removing the stitches of course you know the funny thing about Barnard um, Barnyard Barnard yeah. whatever <laughs> um, Chris. On um, January 2nd of 1968, so just a month later, is when they performed the second one. Oh, wow. And I don't know all the details of it, but the procedure, the way he made the suture and and everything on this patient was done a different way. And apparently, Mm -hmm. it's still the way it's done today. Oh. He pretty much innovated that. And it's the way it's done on um, artificial heart transplants as well. Yeah. Hey, if it works, um, (laughs) stick with it. Well, and this was a 50... 59-year-old dentist, mm-hmm. not that it matters he was a dentist, mm-hmm. but he was a 59-year-old man. And, you know, it it took well. They watched him for quite a while. And I think he lived for about a little over a year and a half. Oh. And then... Um, I hope it was an excruciating pain. It <laughs> seems like a lot of dentists are sadistic. Well, he was the first one that actually checked out. So mm-hmm. he's the first one that was able to check out of the hospital. He lived, lived 19 yeah. months, so mm-hmm. a little over a year and a half. And wow. when he finally did die, they did a autopsy and he had severe 
coronary artery disease, mm. which is what killed him, not the heart. Yeah. So, so heart probably will, they, they probably could have harvested it again and passed it on to someone else. They probably could, or put it in a dog or something yeah. like that, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But, um, so 1968 was one of the first years that now that these two had been successful mm-hmm. by Barnard in South Africa. Now they were performed all over the world. Yeah. Just in 1968. So it took. And, and that's crazy. Cause I mean, the search for an artificial heart had been going on pretty much since the 1800s. Yeah. It'd been for, going for on for research. quite a while. Yeah. My research, like they had been trying real hard to f- come up with, some sort of a pump to replace it. Cause I mean, essentially what the heart is, is it's a pump made up with a couple of valves and, you know, for the unlearned mind like myself, a valve is uh, basically uh, something that allows fluid to flow one way without allowing it to backflow the other direction. Yeah, exactly. It opens and closes. Well, some valves can flow both ways. True. But, yeah, as far as the heart's concerned, that's what you want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of getting back on this, though, the, even though they had good results yeah. with especially the second one, the results for the next couple of years were pretty poor. Um, your chances of surviving two years were about 11%. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of kind of fizzled out the yeah. the initial enthusiasm mm-hmm. on these transplants and they did slow down a little bit after this yeah you know because that's pretty risky that you've got a nine nine and ten chance of dying right well yeah so to give you the idea this these are the worldwide statistics in 68 69 and 1970 they did mm-hmm. a total worldwide 166 heart-to-heart transplants human to human right mm-hmm. Um, 55 of those people lived one month. Um, 18 of them lived past a year. Only 11 of them lived past two years. So with a couple of them living multiple years, right? Yeah. Living out their lives. So Mm -hmm. you really only had, you had 11 of those 166 live about two years. Yeah. And out of those 11, there was two that lived basically full lives. Yeah. So you really only had two successful, successful, you know, and there's a lot of things included in that, obviously, depending on, you know, what condition was this person's health in to begin with, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of those are factors in it. And so you can't blame everything on the heart transplant necessarily, because in a lot of cases, it did save their lives. Yeah. But yeah, and, and I think that's where the popularity, you know, and why it's good that we took mm-hmm. a misstep and covered both topics tonight. I yeah. think that's where the popularity of the artificial heart becomes mm-hmm. is because yeah. with a heart to heart transplant, there's so much more that needs to be done to the donor mm-hmm. heart to make sure it's going in ready. Yeah. And you know, the technology wasn't there like it is today. Yeah. And so the success rate was really poor. Yeah. It's difficult the the difficult thing about an RF or about a heart transplant is getting the donor heart because yeah um, we live in an ethical <laughs> quote unquote ethical world yeah thanks <laughs> semi, for the quote unquote yeah <laughs> semi ethical world where um, officially in the medical world you can't kill someone just to get a heart um, the the body's got to be non viable but the heart has to be viable and the way a lot of uh, the way that a lot of times death is called out 
is by checking the pulse or looking for a heartbeat, right? So you're you're in this really oh, it's it's very fine and it's a very thin line that they that they walk. Well, yeah, it's very thin because number one, you're not going to you're not going to donate a heart out of an older individual. Yeah. That heart's already used, old and tired and yeah. High mileage, essentially, right? Exactly. So they want they want the best chance for success when it goes into a transplant. Yeah, you're not you don't want the heart out of someone that's been found dead and mm-hmm. been dead for multiple hours. That's not going to yeah. work. I mean, mm-hmm. this heart you, you almost need to end this person immediately. Yeah, and like while the heart is, it doesn't necessarily have to be beating. In fact, I think a lot of times they prefer that it's stopped. Yeah. And then they will charge it and, uh, you know, jumpstart it once it's yeah, installed. It's an ama- the heart's an amazing thing, really. I, I don't even fully understand how it, how it functions, you know, how it yeah. can just, how they can restart a heart and how it just keeps beating. Yeah. What, what makes a heart beat? It, it actually is electric signals that are sent from the brain to the heart to tell it to, to beat. So how, how do they, when they're doing a heart transplant, how do they connect the brain to the heart? Uh, there are nerves that uh, attach, and so they'll connect the nerve tissue, and then they jolt it to try and send the electrical charge to get that synapse to connect. That makes sense. One thing I don't know either is, do you know, we'll have to look this up, but what is the success rate in artificial hearts as opposed to heart to heart transplants? Um, artificial hearts are fairly successful, actually. Um, if the person, and the reason that I say that is so far, artificial hearts, the, the purpose behind them is to bridge the time between when the patient was going to die and, uh, with their old heart that was uh, dysfunctional. Um, and to buy them time, whether it be days or weeks or months, um, uh, they're looking at going even to years. Because like we say, it's real difficult to find a viable heart that's you know congruent with the person that's uh, going to be compatible. So it's, there's no artificial heart that it, it, it's not really for long-term use yet. But because it's not for long-term use, it really seems to be fulfilling its purpose. And for as much, I don't have the the figures, but it seems very successful. Yeah, I'm looking at the figures of the artificial heart, and it it and this is one the the Syncardia TAH, which mm-hmm. is the most popular now, and it says to date more than 1,300 patients have received this, and it says in a 10-year study it has a 79% success rate. That's pretty good. As a bridge to trans transplantation, yeah. you know, so uh, 70% at one year, 50% at five years and 45% at eight years. Wow. So, so you essentially have a four in five chance of this being able to bridge the gap until you get your new heart. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that they've come a long way. Yeah. Because like I said, you know, the artificial heart, they've been trying to develop a satisfactory replacement mechanical replacement for the heart since about the 1800s. Well, and this, this kind of brings up the question too, with, um, you know, how hard it is to harvest a a true heart for heart to heart transplant about, uh, organ, 
you know, not the organ harvesting, but the mm-hmm. organ growing, yeah. you know, like with the CRISPR and things yeah, like that. That's you know? something that they've been working on too. Yeah. Is, uh, getting like 3D printed because they're now able to uh, do 3D printing of biological material. Yeah. So they're able to, to grow organs. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of amazing what can be done, you know, with those kind of things and the technology. I mean, that's one thing as much as this world's a horrible place to be in. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's all this going on and we, and we say it's horrible and everybody's at their throats, but in, mm-hmm. in a way, when you really sit down and think about this world, it's probably in the best shape it's ever been. Cause yeah. yes, everybody's at everybody's throat and everybody's against everybody. But at the same time, we're living such cherished pampered lives mm-hmm. that most people don't dare get too far outside of that. You know, most of yeah. the hate is spread online and spread through mm-hmm. typing, you Instead know, Instead of face to face. Yeah, exactly. The, yeah. These are the keyboard warriors as we talk that, yeah, that they, have all these problems on your Facebooks and your, all your social media and things like that. Yeah. We're, we're a ways off of a tale of two cities. It's not yet the, the worst of times. Well, it's just like when they keep well, saying but it is the best of times. Well, yeah, exactly. And then like when they say there's going to be a civil war here mm-hmm. in the United States. Yeah. You show me people that are motivated enough <laughs> to well, risk it all. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's the point. I don't know if it's about motivation mm-hmm. because I think the motivation could be there mm-hmm. and it, it probably is there, but the yeah. risk of your nice life, you mm-hmm. know, you, you go home and you bitch and yeah. complain that Biden's the president or Trump's the president mm-hmm. or whatever side yeah. you're on. Right. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, none of it really affects you enough mm-hmm. that you're going to give up your livelihood, give up your cars, give yeah. up your PlayStation, whatever it may mm-hmm. be to, yeah. to go out there and, you know, fight for it. Well, and I think that's the harsh reality that a lot of people, um, from, uh, Sorry, uh, January 6, 2020. Yeah. Or 2021. That's the harsh uh, lesson that they learned the hard way. Well, and when you really want to get down. If you're going to revolt like that, there's consequences if you don't succeed. Exactly. And, you know, Mm -hmm. the thing about January 6th is... It wasn't a ton of people. I mean, there was a ton of people there, but... Yeah, it was about hundreds. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, it wasn't maybe a couple thousand. Yeah, well, the most. but how many actually went in the Capitol? Yeah, and, so we're talking know, hundreds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it it is, I, I just have a hard time seeing anything ever pull people from their safety and security. You know, yes, they're yeah. going to be typing on Facebook about what a piece of shit the president is, whatever mm-hmm. one it is, and, yeah. you know, how the politics are ruining everything and how life yeah. sucks and mm-hmm. inflation and all this and that, but... When it really comes down to it, you know, there are people out there not doing well. Mm-hmm. We know that. But yeah. there's a lot of people out there doing well, too. So. Yeah. And the average person's doing pretty well. Because, I mean, we live in a world where most people have a cell phone. Yeah. Most people have a gaming system or, you know, a cable television or streaming service, whatever you want. To call it. Most people have internet. So we're doing pretty good. Yeah, overall, I mean, and that's not, you know, downplaying the fact that, you know, there are horrible things happening in our country mm-hmm. and in our world. Yeah. But if you want to compare to where we were 50, 60 years ago, mm-hmm. you know, even when it comes to racial issues yeah. and, and things like that, they're not perfect. Mm-hmm. Undoubtedly not perfect, but they're a hundred yeah. times better than they used to be. Yeah. 
I mean, the, the exciting thing is that we have the ability to do heart transplants in this day and age. We have the ability to do artificial heart transplants. Uh, what sucks about it is that you're going to pay through the nose uh, the cost of a house in order to get it done. Well, when do you think we're going to be able to do successful brain transplants with a, with a, a full reprogram? Well, that would be exciting. To me, not. that should be... Um, you know, if somebody goes to prison or whatever, because mm -hmm. they're killing people or raping people or doing whatever they need a full, you know, we're going to pay how much a year yeah. to keep them there. I think mm -hmm. it's like a hundred thousand a year for a prisoner yeah. or something, but it doesn't make any yeah, sense. What we could do is use all of these people who we deemed unsuitable for society and brain transplant. Exactly. Them, reprogram them mm -hmm. and let them loose and reprogram them the way we want. That yeah. will be their that is actually their punishment. You could cure pedophilia. Yeah. Well, and they wouldn't even know anymore. Yeah, you would exactly. just re-release them. You would program them with yeah. some life mm -hmm. in their, you know, so they thought this whole life was yeah. lived mm -hmm. truly. And they just go to work and they yeah. do their thing. I mean, any mental uh, illness or disorder, uh, psychopathy, sociopathy, these, am I saying it? properly it doesn't matter who cares who cares uh you know everything from depression to you know anxiety or or, or uh you know even certain syndromes well yeah you yeah. can take you're taking it for you know i'm saying a full reprogram and you're talking yeah. about partial reprograms which would be yeah. great you know if mm -hmm. if you had serious yeah i mean or even a full reprogram and i mean if that's where we have to start is with a full reprogram because once again the artificial heart taught us a lot of things. We've got um, partial artificial hearts where they only replace the bad valves, yeah. right? Um, <clears throat> so, but that didn't come until after replacing the whole heart. It'd be kind of neat if you could somehow take a download of every memory mm -hmm. you ever had. Yeah. Pull it out, reprogram, take out the bad shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, reprogram so get rid of the people's uh, childhood traumas. Yeah. Things like that. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be an interesting uh, theory. I, I'm, I'm guessing we're probably a little further away from that. We probably are, but at the same time, it's exciting to think about. I mean, Elon Musk keeps throwing that idea out there. But then again, Elon Musk is, uh, what, two-thirds crazy? You know, I've kind of changed my opinion on him, mm -hmm. I, I think, especially with... Because of Twitter? The, the, <laughs> well, <laughs> I wouldn't say because of Twitter, but how vocal he's been about things. And, mm -hmm. you know, I always thought he was the, I, I guess, neurotic, you mm -hmm. know, maybe maybe even a tad bit... On the spectrum? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and not saying that in a bad way, but... No, just, tons of people are on the spectrum. Yeah, right? meaning it in an excellent way. Yeah. That he was driven mm -hmm. for innovation. Yeah. You know, and that's what he was involved in, you know, whether it be space exploration or, you know, his boring company where they're boring these tunnels yeah. or Tesla or mm -hmm. whatever it is, right? Yeah. He's involved in it. And then, then Twitter, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, where does that fit into... I just don't see that fitting. You know, if he if he would have mm -hmm. purchased it as an investment and not been mm -hmm. involved, that would yeah. make sense. But purchasing it and trying to run it, and I I didn't want to hear his opinions. Mm -hmm. I you know focus your time. You know, this is the guy that supposedly works a hundred hours a week, and mm -hmm. you know is thinking outside the box, unlike most people can. Right, yeah. and then on top of that, has the money mm -hmm. to do it. Right, because. Yeah. 
we can think as many things as we want, but we don't have the money to pursue anything like that. And he does. Mm-hmm. And the, the innovative ideas he has are amazing, I think, you know, mm-hmm. and so to get himself involved in Twitter and yeah. it, it just seemed kind of a it, letdown to me. Yeah. It, well, it's a big step down from talking about, I mean, case in point, we were talking about like the brain and he yeah. wanted to like imp- implant like chips on the brain in order to um, supercharge your brain and make you super smart and intelligent and also to take care of all these things that we've been talking about. Well, he's also talked about Neuralink where you Mm -hmm. would wear them and you could hear what people were thinking, which I I don't know what to think about that. I don't know if I want everybody hearing (laughs) what I'm thinking. Well, and and I don't know if you want to hear what everybody else is thinking. I mean, that's kind of one of those things is you got to be careful what you wish for because not everybody that's thinking is thinking positive thoughts. Well, (laughs) and you know, that could be an amazing thing. Mm Mm-hmm. As far as if we're talking trials and, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to get into the brain of somebody that we need to know the actual truth, Mm -hmm. but not so much an actual lie detector, right? Exactly. That's, that's (laughs) essentially what I'm saying. An actual lie detector Mm -hmm. because it's telling us what they're thinking. But as far as everyday use, I, you know, you don't want people, not even your wife, you don't want her thinking what you're always or hearing what you're always thinking and she doesn't want you do you know how many marriages would probably end up in divorce for no reason yeah yeah Yeah. or or maybe we would maybe we would come to understand each other and like okay well yeah these thoughts happen they're intrusive thoughts they come they happen to everybody but just because you know the thought of suicide because you're having a bad day uh crosses your mind doesn't mean you're going to kill yourself well exactly and uh, and, and how many come to accept that? How many times, you know, your boss tells you, go do, do this. And sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. inside you're thinking, you stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> go, go, do it. go do right up your ass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it's time for our first break. So we'll yep. be back in a minute mm-hmm. and more about the first artificial heart. That's right. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download this free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, listener, this is Ty from About What Podcast. If you've been listening to us, you know that Justin is a huge car enthusiast. Maybe you yourself are a huge car enthusiast. Maybe you've just purchased yourself a brand new Trans Am that you want to get all fixed up. Or maybe you've got yourself an old Chevelle. Uh, maybe an old Chevy pickup that needs to restoration. Whatever it is that you've got, why don't you head over to joltparts.com. That's Justin's website. See what uh, parts he's got for your restoration, modification, customization. He's into all kinds of stuff. And if you are a listener to this podcast, and I'm assuming you are if you're hearing this, um, you get an offer of 10% off any purchase of $100 or more at checkout. Just use the promo code about what. That's all uh, lowercase letters about what. And Justin will give you 10% off your first order of uh, parts from joltparts.com. 
So turn your clunker into a classic and uh, fix up your brand new Trans Am, um, GM, uh, Pontiac, Mopar, Chrysler, uh, whatever it is you got. Go take a look. Okay. So thank you very much for uh, sticking with us. Now, um, this segment, um, we, uh, we can ask a question. No, not today. Not I don't today. want to know anything about you, you today. Okay. Thank you. Um, I think we know each other pretty well anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll, we'll get to know our co-hosts uh, at a later date. Um, but uh, now this segment, we're going to talk about my uh, topic I researched, which was the first artificial heart transplant in the United States. And this was done, like I said, in April of 1969 in Texas. Um the oh, for heaven's sakes i was just gonna pull this up and now all of a sudden my phone's acting weird so um yeah there we go uh so domingo leota is the name of the guy that developed it he's a doctor that uh, built the artificial can heart. i add a little yeah. something to that when i was doing a little research on this did you know the first artificial heart that was made was from a soviet and it was mm-hmm. transplanted in a dog yeah. In 1952. Yeah. So this is something that the world had been working on for a long time. Like yeah. I said, you know, people since the 1800s, since it was first conceptualized. And a lot of that, I think, is due to the Industrial Revolution, where we started to dream and started to think about innovating and starting to look at the possibilities and think about yeah. what could be. And then at 1950 is about the time that you get the first heart transplant attempt by the Russians and uh, in by the Americans, the first successful one in 1969, uh, April 4th was the day, the day before your birthday, the day before my birthday, yeah. happy birthday, Mr. Justin. Thank you. So um, it was at St. Luke's Episcopal hospital in Houston, Texas. I'd the be them <laughs> damn Episcopals, the Episcopalians um, gave Haskell Carp, of all. <laughs> now this is a human, not this a fish. This is a human. Right? Yeah. Okay, just making sure. <laughs> and the cool thing is, is that uh, let's see, Doctor Denton Cooley was the was the doctor that performed it. Mm-hmm. And we have there's actually a uh, a YouTube video that they did an interview with him for the news, and uh, so you can look this up and and you can see like Dr. Denton Cooley talking about the significance of this. And he says, you know, this is, this is designed to be temporary. He says, if we have a heart that comes available tonight, we will pull out this device and replace it with the heart. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of their attitude towards this. So, so completely from the beginning, Mm -hmm. the artificial heart was a temporary until they had a perfect donor. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this was that he was, um, hopeful or optimistic that the, this heart, if need be could last for months, uh, even over a year, he said, but realistically they were looking to do a maximum of 10 to 14 days. So do you know if that's still the case nowadays or, I mean, cause we were looking at that, the stats earlier on the artificial heart, that new newer style and mm-hmm. it can go 20, 30 years. Exactly. And so a lot of times nowadays they're looking at this as a viable option 
or they're looking for the viable option that will replace the human heart um, or make it so that we're not so dependent on uh, somebody dying before we can get a replacement. Yeah. And that makes me, that kind of goes back to them growing organs and things like that is I wonder which direction we'll go. You know, I wonder if we'll be still looking at artificial hearts or if we're going to grow hearts from organ tissue or 3d print them, as you said, Mm -hmm. and we won't have to worry about someone dying to get it, you know, in the, not only dying, but they have to die in the perfect situation. Right. Um, One of the big struggles that we've had with artificial heart development is we know how the heart functions. We know how it's designed uh, for, for lack of a better word. Um, and so that's how they replicated the artificial hearts. But only problem is um, the way that they've designed these artificial hearts is still insufficient. It's not um, as effective as the muscle of the heart is at pumping blood throughout the entire system. Uh, it does a pretty good job. They... Um, uh, let me break this down a little bit. So the way that the artificial hearts designed, they have the valves, uh, two big valves, one that you know sucks the blood or uh, opens up and brings the blood in. The other one opens up and pushes the blood out. Um, but the blood is uh, heavily oxygenated during this time, uh, and uh, this was run uh, off of gas. Actually, they uh, that gas being carbon dioxide. And um, I, I suppose that the reason why they did carbon dioxide is because the body naturally tries to get rid of tar- carbon dioxide. So if there was like a leak or something, then the body would just naturally try to get rid of it anyway. Yeah, that's so. But that's how they, they got it to work is that, you know, by pumping carbon dioxide into one side and then out the other, they were able to get it to pump. But the heart as a muscle, there's just something so strong and powerful about it that it's able to force blood through all the veins and arteries and capillaries, every little blood vessel in your entire body out to the tips of your fingers, into, you know, your ears and um, all throughout your brain. And so it's pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. I mean, it really is amazing. Yeah. And we've come a long way. We're doing much better today than we were back then. It makes you really wonder, you know, I mean, it's been, you know, 55 years, 54 years or whatever since the first heart mm-hmm. transplant, um, artificial. It makes you wonder where we'll be in another 50 years. Yeah. You know, if if eternal life will become close to a thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and what does eternal life do to your belief of a higher being and things like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's could. a lot of things that become of that. Yeah. Cause what then what we do is we indefinitely put off, uh, finding out what the big mystery is. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I, I mean, it just makes me wonder, you know, as we get 80, 90 years old and we need a new heart and then we mm-hmm. need new kidneys and we need yeah. new lungs or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And we have the ability to keep doing that. Are we prolonging life or are we prolonging suffering? I, that's one question. Um, I guess some philosophers have said they're one and the same. Yeah, that, that could be true. Yeah, But, I mean, obviously the life expectancy now as opposed to 
50 years ago as opposed to 100 years ago is substantial. Yeah. You know, I know over the past few years of COVID and, and the things going on, the life expectancies actually went down a little bit, mm-hmm. um, which is, I mean, when you have millions of people die, that'll, that'll happen. It's going to hit the stats <laughs> a little yeah. bit. I don't think life expectancy has actually went down. I, I just think the average went down because of how many people have, yeah. you know, passed. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it'd be interesting, you know, with all the, all these things CRISPR is coming up with and mm-hmm. all the, all the organ growing things and the, the different things we can do. It's just amazing. You know, we're getting closer to being Darth Vader. We really are. I mean, and I mean, Darth Vader, he was, uh, what, 70% of him eroded. Yeah, well, and the, and the funny thing, yeah, and the funny thing about that is, is he was robot, right? Yeah, and we're not even going that direction with a lot of these things. We're mm-hmm. we're going the direction of creating actual, yeah, you know, growing actual organs that, yeah, because I mean, really, robot we we've already done. You you've seen people with artificial limbs and artificial yeah. you know apparatuses to you know replace holes in their face or whatever. Yeah, but. Yeah, this is this is the exciting thing is we're we're beyond Darth Vader or Luke Skywalker when he gets his hand replaced, right? Um, this is now biological regrowth of things. Yeah, I mean when you when you look at the the Star Wars type of thing, and you, that is all mechanical, and you know, I mm-hmm. would have thought we'd been further ahead with robots than we are now. You yeah. know, I mean, mm-hmm. for hell's sakes, Rocky Four, he had a robot, and yeah serving him drinks and shit and we can't even yeah i mean the 80s really was a big letdown for, for a futuristic society it kind of was because yeah. you know you look in 84 when rocky 4 i think mm-hmm. it was probably filmed in 83 but yeah. came out in 84 mm-hmm. i mean we're talking almost 40 years ago now yeah and he had a robot waiting on him in his house mm-hmm. and i don't have no damn robot cleaning my house or no. waiting on me so and i don't think many people do even this substantially rich so what yeah. happened with robots yeah exactly did and terminator it, scare everyone well that was it could be i mean james cameron way to go yeah uh, nice job scared the crap out of everybody because you convinced us that these uh mechanical domestic servants were going to turn on us and uh become militarized yeah. yeah, similar to iRobot as well, which I yeah. really like that film. To similar be to the you. RoboCop that they're looking at in uh, San Francisco. That's yeah. Like walking around with guns on it that can like kill people. Yeah, and yeah. I don't have a problem with that. You know, we, we, we could use a little more excitement, couldn't we? Yes, <laughs> but we ought to be able to shoot back. We should, yeah. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. just, just for the fun of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Because, I mean... If you remember anything from RoboCop, which is you know another robot movie from the eighties, yeah. Um, well, half robot, yeah, half was, man, yeah. Um, beyond, I'd buy that for a dollar. Um, <laughs> yeah, which is by far the most important thing that you should remember from that movie. Yes, I agree. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you remember anything, it should be that sometimes um, machines can malfunction. And you don't always get the results that you were hoping to get. No, but I, you know, you look at our technology now and it, it, you would think we would have the ability to, to build a learning robot. I mean, mm-hmm. we've got a learning thermostat. Yeah. Well, and we're, we're doing really good. I mean, we, uh, we've got robots on the surface of Mars. 
that are doing extremely well. Exactly. Yeah, there was another movie that you recommended to me that I yeah. thoroughly enjoyed. Good night, Oppie. Yep, that's the one. Yeah, that was excellent. Check it out on uh, Amazon Prime if you have it. It's mm-hmm. pretty good. Um, but yeah, I just would have thought at this point with mm-hmm. everything, you know, and I mean, you even look at the heart transplant that we're yeah. speaking about this week, and it's been, you know, damn near 60 years. Mm-hmm. Do you think we're, you know, we have made major leaps forward, but do you think we've made 60 years worth of leaps forward, or do you think no. we're not that much further ahead than we were? It's, um, what, uh, on a linear chart, we had a huge spike in the 60s of uh, of everything. Innovation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, everything. And then uh, the 70s come, and all of a sudden we got, like, the oil crisis we've talked yeah. about before. And, you know, uh, we get mired in Vietnam. We well, get, you couldn't expect yeah. all these scientists and mm-hmm. uh, doctors to be innovating when they mm-hmm. had to pay that high a price for gas. Yeah. And, and the economy tanked. Yeah. I mean, uh, let's see, my father-in-law used to tell me all the time, he worked for a steel mill back in, uh, uh, let's see, in Ohio. And uh, the, the steel mill prided itself on making it through the Great Depression of the, tw- of the 30s yeah. without having to lay off a single worker. In fact, they had a huge plaque on the front of the building that said, yeah, this company kept everybody, all of their employees employed during the Great Depression. That company shut down during the set, the depression of the seventies. Yeah. But I don't know if that's something to, um, I guess whenever you have a crisis, especially an economic crisis, mm-hmm. it's obviously a crisis across the yeah. board, but at the same time, there are certain parts mm-hmm. of the economy that do better in a crisis. That's true. Um, let's look at anything online, for example, during mm-hmm. COVID. Oh yeah. I, I mean, Amazon did very well. Any, you know, Amazon, eBay, mm-hmm. all your streaming services, mm-hmm. you know, anything ordering yeah. online. Mm-hmm. E-commerce was. Yeah, you can. was that? I guarantee they weren't, you know, I, I mean, can't speak any what they were thinking. But for the most part, I don't think any of them were too upset over COVID because it <laughs> increased their business, not by just a few mm-hmm. points. Yeah. You know, it increased their business immeasurably. Yeah. And, you know, and that's starting to kind of even out now. You know, mm-hmm. and you're, you're seeing, you know, some of these companies lay off workers and stuff. But yeah. I, I don't think it's as bad as they make it seem. I think they're laying off the extra force they had to put on to make it work, right? Seems like it, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but any economic crisis, there's always someone doing good. You know, during yeah. war, mm-hmm. you know, everyone. Yeah. Everybody that's uh, working in the factories making munitions and exactly. ammunitions. Yeah. They're exactly. doing great. Exactly. And I mean, that begs the question, you know, a lot of people that are invested in that and Mm -hmm. it kind of, kind of crazy, but they're invested in, you know, these munitions and things like that, yet they have choice or major decision-making in going to war or not. And it makes you wonder how many times we went to war over just simple money. Yeah. Because somebody needed to broker a deal. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's a lot of talk about that from George Bush Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember who it was. He was, what's the company that he was highly invested in? Oh. Uh, you know who I'm talking about. Not Blackwater. What am I thinking of? Um, no, that's a Doobie Brothers yeah. song. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the name. We both company. know who it is. Yeah. But mm-hmm. once again, 
yeah. stage fright. Yeah. Stage fright. <laughs> We're both very scared in our studio here. Yeah, because for some reason you put a mic in our face and we can't remember anything. Yeah, that's okay. But here we are. So do you think with um the artificial hearts do you mm-hmm. think they will get more advanced or do you think we're going to switch over to true organ donors so you know grown yeah i i did look into this a little bit in preparation for this uh, episode and the it seems like there's what their goal is is a they call it a total heart or total heart replacement i think is what it is and so they're the goal is to be able to replace the heart without any need for a donor. They just replace it once. With and with an artificial heart. With an artificial heart that will be viable for the rest of the person's... I mean, as long as that person's body uh, is going. And how does the artificial heart essentially work? Um, so essentially how the artificial heart works, a lot of times it's very similar. But they, they're working... Um, it's not like a pacemaker. A pacemaker is where you have electrodes that are attached to the heart that comes out through the skin and then attaches to a battery that can be changed out. Yeah. Um, so pacemaker, what that is, is to keep the heart in proper rhythm. It's basically like a clicker yeah. for your band. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Keeps it, it in rhythm. Exactly. Yeah. Because otherwise you've got your heart that starts clapping like a white kid at a hip-hop concert you know uh it's yeah that's racist (laughs) who who was that racist against a white kid that has no well you can be racist (laughs) against white people tyler you are white and you have the right yeah so uh yeah if your heart doesn't beat in the proper rhythm that causes a problem because then the blood doesn't flow evenly and the way it should you get surges you get um, uh, ebbs. So, the, so they're essentially fixing your irregular heartbeat and heart yeah. patterns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they just want to keep the blood pumping through your body regularly. So, because if if you're if you have <laughs> cell uh, cells are so sensitive that if they go without for just a little bit, they'll die. So, what keeps the artificial heart pumping? Um, so the artificial heart, a lot of uh, the artificial hearts have been um, run by uh, gases like uh, compressed air or uh, CO2. Um, yeah, different. Uh, a lot of them have been uh, gas powered. Like, that. But how do, how do they power them with gas, say, on a daily basis? Let's say you're a year mm-hmm. into your transplant. What Do you have to have a device attached to you to run this heart? Um, yeah, it seems like at least early on where we're currently at i'm not sure but i i know that the goal i i would assume that the goal is to have it neurologically controlled where the neurons from uh your nervous system your spine and your nerves will attach directly and cause it to pump like a heart does well that kind of brings you into the 3d printing them with actual tissue right yeah because then you're doing a heart transplant but if you do i would assume you could harvest tissue from the individual's heart Mm -hmm. and grow it that way seems like it because i know that we've had a lot of breakthroughs lately when it comes to growing different uh things for people like um recently we grew an ear 
that we had attached to somebody who had their ear ripped off. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, we're, we're, we're getting there. We're making huge strides. Well, that kind of, you know, what are your thoughts on, you know, them? They're going. I think it offends God. Do you? Okay. And, and the good thing, good thing you think it does because I don't care. Actually, but you know me. I, I don't think it does, but my wife and I just recently watched a movie about um, this uh, kid in England whose uh, family's Jehovah's Witness, and uh, the kid was like just shy of 18 years old, and um, the, he was refusing uh, treatment for leukemia based off of his religious beliefs, and the judge actually mandated that he get his uh, treatment, which you know kind of killed the kid's um, zest for... Uh, his religion because <laughs> he lived. Yeah. He couldn't yeah. believe that, that <laughs> uh, the judge held a higher position in his life than God. Yeah. That would be a shock. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on cloning? Cloning. Um, cloning is an interesting thing. It, it's kind of curious to me to see what people are looking to do with it. Um, are we, are we doing it for like, to grow, basically, are we looking to farm organs out of a replacement of ourselves? Or are we just looking to replace ourselves? And, well, farming organs is an excellent idea. Mm -hmm. You know, they are currently cloning um, the woolly mammoth. Mm -hmm. They're taking tissue and implanting it in some elephants, and they're yeah. going to reintroduce the woolly mammoth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I saw that. It'll take a couple generations. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they figured the first one will be born in 2024. Yeah. And so in they're looking at doing this with a number of species that are mm -hmm. on the, you know, endangered yeah, or, or extinct extinct list. Which is an exciting thing with uh, global warming that we've had so much um, things like thawing out and we're starting to find so many extinct animals and their tissues yeah we're finding very good dna samples mm -hmm. from them and yeah. basically really all you need is a carrier for them and yeah. the elephants being you know close to a woolly mammoth mm -hmm. you know they can yeah. carry the embryos mm -hmm. and everything yeah. and give birth to them they're relatively the same size and mm -hmm. all that so that'll be really interesting to see yeah. and it, you know right now i know you can clone a dog there's mm -hmm. people that'll, and it's yep. legal yeah um, I think it's quite expensive, mm -hmm. but uh, do you think you fall into an ethical problem with is, people? Is CRISPR um, the, the people in their garages they're working on this? Yeah, kind of I believe so. Yeah. Because you've mentioned CRISPR a couple times in yeah. this episode. And the, yeah. So I remembered uh, what that group was, and it's a little scary because <laughs> it's not regulated when you got people working on these science experiments in the garages yeah um yeah but regulated doesn't always mean no because all the, good no regulated oftentimes means well the government wants its due yeah or the government wants to be the mommy here yeah and regulation no. uh, i mean yeah. you're you're kind of in a catch-22 there because regulation is good in certain situations mm -hmm. but in others it's a hindrance you know and yeah hindrance to you know moving forward with things and you know, I like the idea of cloning people to to the point of harvesting the organs, you know, mm -hmm. um, not to replace ourselves, not to, you know, bring back your child that died. In, 
I mean, that's tough, right? Yeah. And then it becomes really uh, scary or conflicted is a better word for it. But what about, what about people cloning, mixing their DNA to have a baby when they can't have a baby? That's, that's a good point, right? Uh, Because, I mean, a situation like my wife and I have, uh, we can't have children. So that would provide an avenue for both of us to uh, have a child. If that, I mean, I'm sure it would be ridiculously expensive. Yeah, but a lot of people think you're you're playing God, right? Yeah, and most people really think I shouldn't be procreating anyway. Well, I can tell you this much. Mm-hmm. That's up to debate, but most people shouldn't be procreating. That's I, true. I mean, yeah. you know, you you should have the opportunity every every bit as much as everyone else. I would think so, but the state of Utah begs to differ. So, well, yeah. the state of Utah is run by a bunch of idiots. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you there. Yeah, so, I mean, we're a perfect example of uh, separating religion and state but not separating religion and state at all. Yeah. I mean, you've got a bunch of really stupid people out there that are able to pop out a dozen kids without thinking twice. A dozen kids that they will abuse and neglect, no less. Exactly. And then you got people like my sweet wife that uh, has just been uh, denied that opportunity. Yeah, and that's the unfortunate side of it because you know, I think they've said it before is that anyone can be a parent mm-hmm. and it's unfortunate because you need a license to drive a car. Yeah. You need a license to go fishing, mm-hmm. but you don't need a license to be a parent. No, because I mean, any 13 uh, year old kid that's just messing around can end up being a mommy real quick. Yeah. Right? And, and it's unfortunate when you see all these people that do not take care of their children or abuse their children. And then you've got the other Mm -hmm. side of things where these people that can't have children. Yeah. Like in your situation. And it's, it's just unfortunate. I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't know how you control something like that, but you know, in, in my mind, that's where the cloning, you know, you're not essentially cloning, you're mixing your DNA and having a baby. Right. I mean, you're, I guess Mm -hmm. essentially it is cloning, but yeah, but it's clone. It's splicing. Yeah, you that's know, that's a better way take, to put it. Taking two people and splicing them into a new independent creature. And I, does that already exist, though? I mean, because can't you, don't they allow you to plant sperm and an egg in a... Uh, yeah, in vitro fertilization. But I mean, yours in someone else's uh, without yeah, using theirs. Uh, test tube babies and stuff like that. Yeah. Or yeah. surrogates. Yeah. Yeah, basically a surrogate. You know, I mean, obviously you could go to someone and have them. Yeah. So basically, if you have an egg, but an uh, unviable womb, Mm -hmm. you can take that egg and uh, in a Petri dish, introduce the sperm to it, uh, and then take that. Then it becomes a zygote at that point, or it becomes an embryo. And um, it. An embryo? Yeah, yeah. Life, yeah. Begin, life begins. Life at begins at petri d- yeah. dish. So yeah, it becomes a zygote, for lack of a better term, that's yeah. coming to my head, and then that gets implanted in a viable womb of a surrogate, who will carry it to full term. If they accidentally drop that petri dish, mm-hmm. is that abortion? It should be. Oh, okay. it should be considered abortion, and the uh, person that performed it, or you know, clumsy uh, 
Clumsy Katie or whatever her name was in the that's the she nurse. should be thrown in a Texan jail. Yeah, she should be thrown in Texan jail and then murdered by a firing squad in the state of Utah. I knew you were very strict on these. I am, I am so extreme. I, it's a good thing that I'm not king. So you think they'll ever? Do you think we'll ever have a situation similar to? Jurassic Park. Do you think we will ever find any dinosaur where it DNA comes back that's... to bite us in the butt? Or <laughs> well, essentially. But I, I guess uh, speaking about dinosaurs mm-hmm. in particular, so we're talking about woolly mammoths, which were yeah. twenty, thirty thousand years ago. You know, but now we're talking uh-huh. dinosaurs millions of years yeah. ago. And I, I, I don't think that we because what we have are fossils, and fossils are not um, bone or they're petrified, which means that. Uh, it used to be bone, but it's been replaced by mineral deposits. Do you so think it's a rock? Now. Do you think we'll ever get far enough, deep enough, we'll find one of these in a tar pit or something that's preserved oh, a little better? It would be really cool if we did. Yeah. Um, I mean, who, who knows with the way that science is? Who knows what's under the crust of the earth? We're that, that's kind of the exciting thing about all this, and that's one of the things that. Uh, uh, prompted us to talk, to talk about heart transplants and the artificial heart tonight is that this is so full of wonder about the future and it's yeah. and it's full of excitement this is a great time to be alive i agree i agree well that's our take our uh, silly take on heart yeah. transplants yeah i mean you definitely don't want to listen to this podcast if you're writing a paper but I hope you learned something because I know I sure did when yeah. I was researching it. But reach out to us again. Yeah, we've right. had many people reach out to us. We had one person suggest this as a topic, so mm-hmm. we and that was about a year ago. It was. Fun. It's been a while coming back to it, but thank you yeah. very much for suggesting it. It was a lot of fun. Reach out to us at aboutwhatpod at gmail dot com and reach us on Instagram at aboutwhatpod and, and we'll, go over to buy us a beer. Yeah, buy us a beer. Yeah. Anything you can do to help will be great. That's right. It'll be linked in the episode. Thank you. Thanks. 